You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 18 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your hungry host, Leroy Luna, coming at you straight out of the closet with a food and drink episode. My favorite. I don't know why, but these ones always get me going. I love it. This is one of a couple interesting stories that I came across when Esther had me as a guest on her show, Once Upon a Crime. I wanted to pursue it a little further, put my stamp on it, so here we are. I have a couple of joke reviews from you guys to ease us into things. Apple Podcast, by the way, just hit over 500 reviews over there, so thank you so much, everyone who's been chipping in. I appreciate it. It really helps out the show. At least that's what I keep hearing. I, Emily in San Diego says, what's the difference between deer nuts and beer nuts? Well, you see, beer nuts cost $2, and deer nuts are under a buck. hey And Darren messaged me on Facebook. You can also do that if you're not on Apple Podcasts. I don't want to leave anyone out, and I'm always down to hear a joke. So Darren says, why couldn't the sesame seed leave the casino? Because he was on a roll. Ugh. Okay, you know what that sound means. Let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. And don't worry, my friends. I promise to get you back home to grab some Rolaids. This one may give you heartburn.
episode number 18. No money? No problem. My first taste of employment came at the age of 16 as a dishwasher, and it had its ups and downs. I worked at a small family restaurant with a father and son team running the show. The father was a grumpy old prick, and he always made me nervous. Almost every weekend, my clumsy ass would drop a couple dishes, and he'd just stare at me disappointedly behind his thick black mustache and glasses. He would then grunt, That's gonna come out of your paycheck. Thankfully, it never did. I was only making about six fifty an hour, so that would have made a substantial dent in my pocketbook. Anywho, it was always busy there. I'd be scurrying around, cleaning my little butt off, right until closing time, which thankfully came early, three in the afternoon. This popular little diner just specialized in breakfast and lunch. The grumpy old prick, his name was Tom, by the way, he was in charge of the egg station. In fact, he once told me he could do anything with an egg. Kind of a strange thing to say, looking back on it, but hey, the guy can make a mean omelet. Some people may even say he was an expert at it. <laughs> While I'm sure their breakfasts were pretty great, I'm more of a lunch guy. My favorite part of the job came at the end of my shift. I was allowed to fix myself a meal, free of charge. Anything I wanted. I had limited cunnilingus skills. Is, is that the word I'm looking for? Culinary skills. Sorry, I got those words confused. So I made the same thing every time. A cheeseburger with fries and gravy. I'm not sure if it's because I was running around all day working up an appetite, but it was always so good. It was pretty cool being left alone in the kitchen of a restaurant after hours. The place I worked at had a fairly simple menu, but could you imagine being alone at a fancier establishment? One with a liquor license too? Oh, the damage that could be done. Okay, today we are headed to New Haven. Sounds beautiful. It's a coastal city in the state of Connecticut. Let's check in with our friends at NeighborhoodScout.com for some more deets. Ooh, New Haven gets a 4 on the crime index, meaning it's only safer than 4% of cities in the United States. Chances of becoming a victim of property crime are 1 in 25. Damn. Clutch those purse strings tight, ladies and gentlemen. New Haven is also home to Yale, a very prestigious Ivy League school. Well, that explains it. A bunch of badasses over there. While I don't know much about our scumbag in this episode, he is not a Yale graduate. That is for certain. Now, before we dive into the scene of the crime here, it's important to set the stage. It's mid-April, Tuesday, April 14th, 2020 to be exact. It's in the fairly early stages of the coronavirus pandemic. These were very uncertain times and a lot of businesses were shut down and people were staying cooped up in their homes. That is when they weren't going crazy stockpiling toilet paper like it was going out of style. Things still aren't even close to being back to normal as I tell you this story today, but the shock has kind of worn off and while we're not out of the woods just yet, there are vaccines being made available and although it's very faint, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. As I stated before, a lot of businesses, especially the smaller ones, were shut down at the time. One of those businesses was a quaint little restaurant called the Sol de Cuba Café, situated downtown at 283 Crown Street. It's described as serving homestyle Cuban cuisine in a snug space, hung with family photos and religious art. We'll get into more details of the restaurant later. This fine establishment had been closed since mid-March, so about a month at this point. 
While the place was closed, the manager still checked in on it from time to time. A couple days a week to, you know, make sure the place was still there. It hadn't burned to the ground. I mean, what else was he to do? It's not like he was working. On April 14th, a Tuesday around 11.30 in the a.m., he showed up at the restaurant to do a routine check-in. And something just wasn't quite right this time. He peeked in the front window and saw a man passed out inside, clutching a bottle of rum. My hero. The manager quickly alerted the police, who came in and arrested a no-doubt groggy and hungover 42-year-old man by the name of Luis Angel Ortiz. I guess it's Louis, actually. It's spelled L-O-U-I-S. Or it could be Louis, like a Joe Louis, right? Shout out to my mom, who used to pack one of those chocolate treats in my lunch every day, to the point where it sickened me to even look at one. Either that or a flaky. Man, I haven't eaten those in probably 20 years. Anyways, our flaky trespasser, Luis Louis Joe Louis Angel Ortiz, was taken into custody. After a search of the premises, police found out our boy Louis had gained entry to the restaurant through a side window. Here's where it gets good. Police then checked the surveillance footage, so this place had cameras but no alarm. They needed one of those ring doorbells at the very least, something that detects movement. Big mistake there. They ran back footage and were surprised to find out Lewis had broken into the building on April 11th. So on the Saturday. That means, uh, let me do some quick math here. Our boy had free reign of the restaurant for nearly four days. Say what? In that time, the owner claimed that he ate, drank, and stole thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of food, beer, and liquor. He actually moved some items from the premises too, coming and going as he pleased. That included 70 bottles of liquor. So he was getting absolutely shit-faced. Amazing. Ah, 70 bottles. I guess it counts even if they're just opened. He was probably also bringing some of it back to his house, too. I bet they had to replace every open bottle in the bar just in case he put his filthy mouth on it. I saw pictures of this place, and there's apartments above the restaurant, which means he must have been fairly quiet because no one complained about him banging around in there for days. Since the place was supposed to be closed, he wouldn't have been able to turn on the lights or would have drawn unwanted attention. After a couple of hours, his eyes would have acclimatized to the darkness, though, like a prime Richard Ramirez crouching in someone's home for hours, waiting for his moment to strike. I have a couple of reviews of the Sol de Cuba Café to help us get a feel for what this place was all about. To be fair, I pulled a five-star and a one-star. Let's begin with the five-star. Great home-style cooking. This hidden gem had it all. I had a coconut mojito, and the food was to die for. My wife is from Florida, and she has been craving good Cuban food. She said this by far has been the best since Florida. That's from Al Lingua. Right on, Al. I love mojitos too, by the way. And this place had a bunch of different styles of mojitos, tropical drinks, an extensive wine list, lots to choose from. The Sol de Cuba Cafe is open now, but like most places, is only doing delivery and takeout at the moment, so no booze, which is a shame because it's a cool joint. They play Cuban music, and you can tell, like a lot of places, half the fun is the warm, friendly atmosphere. Man, I really miss hanging out at a restaurant or pub. It's been about a year since I've been to one, like most of you, I'm sure. Okay, on to the one-star review. We were seated for about 20 minutes before anyone bothered to bring us water. 40 minutes into being there, we still hadn't gotten any food even though we had a reservation and people who came in after us were served and finishing up. That's from an... (laughs) 
Let me get back to my regular voice. <clears throat> Jeez, am I going to get canceled for these voices? That's from an unsatisfied customer who goes by the name of Shrada. This review was followed up by the manager, and he said, Good evening, Shrada. My apologies for the lack of service tonight. Admittedly, the team was overwhelmed and shorthanded. I really look forward to making it up to you. On your next trip, I can personally take care of the reservation and see to it that you have an excellent experience. He followed that up with his email address. That's how you take care of a customer complaint. I like that. So back to our boy Lewis, who was treating this place like he was on vacay. The only thing missing was the beach. It was an all-inclusive, unlimited food and beverages, baby. Let's pick a couple of items off the menu and see what he may have been feasting upon. Okay, we got the BizTech Palomilla, which normally costs $34. It's a mojo marinated, pan-seared, USDA prime New York strip steak with caramelized onion and citrus. Gluten-free to boot. Not bad at all. Or maybe he made himself the fresh salmon filet, seared then simmered in honey and citrus mojo. What the heck's mojo? Uh, <laughs> served with garlic and achiote mashed potatoes and spicy mojo green beans. Sounds delish. I'm admittedly not much of a chef, so I would have tackled some of these uh, sandwiches. Let's see what they got. Okay, the Cubano sandwich. A classic. Baked ham, salami, roast pork, Swiss cheese with mustard or mayo. Oh yeah, got me drooling over here. Or maybe the Media Noche Bocadillo. Nailed it. That has Cuban roast pork, onions, Swiss cheese, and pickles on sweet bread with mayo. Choice of organic greens or chips served on pressed Cuban bread. Mm-mm-mm. One glaring detail I'm failing to mention is the place had been closed for a month already. So I'm not sure if there were really any vegetables that hadn't gone bad yet. Or the bread was probably stale by then. A girl can dream, though, right? The meat probably would have been all right in the freezer, though. Let's be real here. Lewis was probably having liquid breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. Maybe occasionally cooking a steak or frying up some chicken. Still sounds pretty magical. Made me think about being alone in a McDonald's. Imagine fixing up Big Macs, eating hundreds of McNuggets. The McFlurries. I'd stick my mouth under that machine and hold the button and let ice cream fill my throat till I choked. The keg would also be nice, steak and lobster all day, hitting up the bar and experimenting with fancy drinks and expensive liqueurs. Hell yeah. Lewis had the right idea. Lewis Ortiz, uh, for this little escapade, he was charged with third-degree burglary, third-degree larceny, and criminal mischief in the first degree. This on top of a failure to appear in court charge stemming from another incident. Lewis is now back on the streets, causing softcore mayhem. The courts are pretty backlogged with the pandemic and all, so Lewis's charges are still pending. He's due back in court on March 18th, 2021. Thanks to my pal F.T. Norton, I was able to check out police records and was shocked to find out Lewis is quite the serial offender. Yeah, believe it or not, this wasn't his first rodeo. He had an assault charge in 2012 where he did some jail time. He was sentenced to 15 months. He also had a third-degree criminal trespassing charge in December of 2013 in a 6th degree larceny charge in 2014, among others. 6th degree, jeez. Uh, it's a lot to get into. He is definitely an interesting character. But hey, I'm sure he's learned his lesson from all this, and let's hope he's changed his ways. 
since breaking into the Sol de Cuba Cafe. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Breaking news here. He has more recent trouble. In June 2020, he was charged with first-degree criminal trespassing and second-degree breach of peace. In September of 2020, more burglary, breach of peace, and criminal trespassing. And wait, there's more. In October 2020, just a couple months ago, he was charged with reckless driving, failure to drive in the proper lane, and operating a motor vehicle without a license. This guy's an absolute mess. He is the sole reason New Haven has such a low rating on the crime index. If he moved, I'm sure the crime rate would decrease significantly. Makes you wonder, what do you do with a guy like that? I honestly don't know. He never seems to learn his lesson, keeps breaking the law, but there's certain lines he's not crossing, so you can't put him away for too long. So he's just constantly in and out of court, or on probation, or spending short stints in jail, then committing these stupid crimes and getting caught and just doing whatever he wants, regardless of the consequences. And it's just this weird, vicious cycle. It's really exhausting to even talk about, let alone live it. What a man, what a man, what a mighty strange man. Yes, he is. Moving on. That was kind of a shorty, so we have time to dip our toes into another crime along the same lines. So let's get into it. This next incident took place a few years ago. So let's turn back time to Tuesday, October 3rd, 2017. We're at a restaurant called Nelly's Taqueria. Taqueria is a Spanish word meaning taco shop. Nelly's Taco Shop is where we're at, and this is in Hicksville, New York. Will Cologne, the manager, arrives at the restaurant around 10.45 a.m. When he's performing his duties, getting the place ready for opening, he notices that the cash register is all dented up, and the $100 cash that he left in there overnight is missing. Upon further inspection, he sees that the bars on the window in the back have been pried open. Manager Will then rushes to the kitchen to excitedly tell the chef who had already been there for about an hour, prepping. He told him, quote, Ramon, we were robbed, end quote. Ramon hadn't noticed a thing. Naturally, Will decides he better have a closer look at the security footage from the night before. And that's when he sees the burglar in action. At 1.51 a.m., he sees a man standing in the kitchen putting on a pair of gloves, you know, to make food. The man proceeds to grab a pot and heat it up on the stove, then heads out to the dining area, where he pries open the register with a hammer and snags the $100. Then he grabs a cold one from the fridge, a bottle of soda pop, cracks that open and takes a swig, places a $1 bill in the tip jar, classy gentleman, then he waltzes back into the kitchen to whip up a delicious meal. Manager Will says, quote, He was working the pot like a pro. He was sifting the food, shaking it around, making sure it was heated evenly, distributed evenly. He was cooking up a storm. He heated up some beans, he sautéed some chicken and some shrimp. The way he handled that pan, man, the dude had some skills. End quote. Manager Will also noted it was pretty dark in there, but the man still seemed to have no problem finding his way around the kitchen. Yet another Manager Will quote, the only light was from one of those neon fixtures that traps bugs, end quote. <laughs> I saw the footage of this guy cooking by the light of the bug zapper, as most chefs do. The guy clearly has some cooking experience. He looks right at home, prepping and eating his meal back there. It's actually pretty funny. He cleans up after himself, too, washing the pots and pans he used and wiping down the countertops. 
This is why Chef Ramon hadn't even noticed anyone had been in his kitchen. He also put the food back where he got it. The owner, Nelly Balachios, well, even she had to give credit where it was due, saying, quote, He used the saran wrap the way I use saran wrap. You know, like a pro. End quote. After cleaning up, the mystery chef snuck out the back window from where he came, trying to push the bars on the window back into place. Manager Will had called the police, and they also reviewed the footage. When they looked back even further, they were shocked to see this mystery man had broken the night before this incident as well. So two nights in a row. The first time, he was in there for two hours. He stole some food, but didn't eat it at the scene or take any cash. Sadly, no one who viewed the footage recognized this man. I'm pretty sure he worked in a kitchen at some point, just not this one, apparently. The staff at Nelly's Taqueria decided they'd better close up the restaurant for the day, sanitizing the place and throwing out the food in the back and replacing it. Manager Will, quote, The guy looked like he worked clean, but I really couldn't see everything he did, end quote. The restaurant was back in business on Wednesday, October the 4th, which just so happened to be National Taco Day. And on that tasty note, we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 18. No money, no problem. I hope you enjoyed this tasty offering. As always, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer the operator for providing the sweet, sweet theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. It is that time again, my friends, where we check in with a listener to hear about their shady past. Cue the music. Let's get criminal, criminal. I want to get criminal. Let me hear your softcore crimes. Your softcore crimes. Let me hear your softcore crimes. I wanted to tell you the story about my criminal past. When I was in high school, I was hanging out with some bad kids. This one girl in the group, her mom had an empty house and the girl had been throwing parties for her friends and letting her friends throw parties there for months. One night I got invited to one of these parties in this house it was Friday the 13th, of course. So I don't know. I wasn't drinking because I was a straight edge kid back then. But there, it was like a rager. Like there were so many people coming in and out. Like it was huge. And then, you know, a lot of damage had been done to the house over time because so many parties had been happening there. That night, eventually it seemed like things started to clear out and it was like, hey, where'd everybody go? That's when we heard a voice from upstairs. We were down in the basement. We heard a voice say, get out here, you chicken shits. And it was the girl's mom. Muffin was her name. Uh, someone had called the cops. So Muffin shows up. She screams at us. The The girl denied to her mom that she had ever allowed people to come over or have a party she like totally denied all of it so the mom came over and thought that people were just breaking into her house so the cops came and there were only like eight of us there they gave us all like they looked around at the damage and they knew that it wasn't like us like they knew that this had been happening for so long that they didn't like charge us with any 
criminal damages to the house. They just gave us citations for minor in possession of alcohol. So I went to court. I got 16 hours community service. I did them at a thrift store and it was like boring or whatever. And I was pissed about it. And I probably stole from the thrift store because I was like pretty mad that I had to be there. So anyway, the kicker is a news article came out saying the eight people that were caught were like these eight wild party teens who had trashed this house and done $250,000 worth of damage. And because the girl had denied any involvement, all of the blame was in this news article placed on like myself being one of the people so like this article came out it it was a really big newspaper was the chicago tribune right so like everybody saw this thing and it was really fucked up like i got blamed for a lot of damage that i didn't do all i did was like show up to this party and like not drink because i was a nerd this like news article came out and it like ruined my 17 year old life at school after that like I really faced a lot of bullying like other students would say like these shitty comments to me my teachers made shitty comments like even my own grandma wrote me a letter like slamming me and being like I can't believe my granddaughter would do this I mean, RIP grandma, but that was seriously fucked up of her to do that. Like, she did not have my back. And so, like, I really had a lot of bullying happening. And I was, like, just struck, feeling like it really wasn't fair. That, like, I had kind of, like, been there for such a small part of it and gotten blamed for such a huge part of it. The other kicker is that that night, I actually, like, did end up going to the police station. I didn't get arrested, but, like... I needed to like leave the house and so I needed to have one of my parents come pick me up. So like I I went to the police station. The cops were like pretty nice to me. They were kind of hot, whatever. And I called my dad to pick me up and my dad got a DUI while picking me up from the police station. It was super fucked up. And then like that woman Muffin, she ended up getting a DUI like a couple months later. So it was all a shit show. But anyway, like I was really traumatized from all the bullying. I was like so scared because anytime you Google my name, like all this criminal shit comes up and like it's not what it seems like. I wasn't responsible for as much as this article article makes it out to seem so like for a long time I was really discouraged I thought I would have no future I thought that I would have no career because like this story about me is out there yeah I was really traumatized but then finally like 10 years later I started you know I have a good job now like this fucking thing hasn't like really affected my life that much I thought I would never be able to get a job but like I do have a job interestingly like the office that I work in is one where if nobody gives a shit like if anybody googled me like you can google anyone and all of their criminal shit comes up like all of their DUIs all of their like fucking battery charges so yeah, if any of my coworkers Googled me and found this story, they'd probably be like, oh, that's dope. That sounds like a fucking killer party. Like no one would give a fuck. So um, I don't really feel like 
there's any moral to the story. It was just a really sad, traumatic thing that happened to me. And my dad got a DUI, and, oh, dude, it was terrible. Thanks, Marie. Wow, that was a juicy one. I'm glad everything's worked out for you now. It's strange that you were bullied afterwards. At my high school, or even my work, you'd be getting high fives and fist bumps if anyone found out about your criminal past. I read the article Marie's referring to in the Chicago Tribune, and uh, I was going to leave a link to it, but I decided not to. It sounded like the cops were pretty cool and reasonable about the situation, but the problem is with the journalism here. I think it was kind of irresponsible. They actually said all of the 17-year-old's first and last names and what part of town they were from, which I thought was unnecessary. It was just some kids partying it up. No need to name and shame people to that extent. And yeah, I agree, if the daughter had have just admitted to inviting people over and throwing parties there, it wouldn't have been blown out of proportion. Well, I mean, she would have been in huge trouble, I'm sure, with her mom. Muffin. <laughs> but everyone else wouldn't have been thrown under the bus. Sometimes these papers just want these eye-catching headlines and don't really care about the actual facts. Still a pretty cool story, though. Don't be uh, too hard on yourself, Marie. I think most of us would have done the same thing. 100%. Okay, moving on. Oh, and yeah, rest in peace to your grandma, but yeah, that was pretty shitty of her to pile on to everything you were dealing with and lay that guilt trip on you. That ain't right. Don't be shy, people. Send me your softcore crimes, please. I love hearing them on the show. I have a promo to hit you with before we get out of here, and it's for a podcast called Pretend. It's hosted by my pal Javier, and it's honestly amazing. If any of you guys are Donnie Brasco fans like myself, forget about it. It's one of my uh, favorite movies and based on a true story. In the most recent episode of Pretend, Javier interviews the real Donnie Brasco, Joe Pistone, a man who went deep undercover with the mob for almost six years. It's a really cool episode, so I encourage you to check out the show. I think you'll really enjoy it. Take care of yourselves, enjoy your lives, YOLO baby, and I will hang out with you all in another ten days. Peace. All right, take it away, Javier. At the heart of every crime, there's a lie. In order to do this job well, you're going to have to learn to lie. But you're going to have to remember who you're lying to and when to lie and when not to lie. But a lie is only powerful if you choose to believe it. It all came out. All the story came out. It turned out he had two wives and five fiancés. That he wasn't marrying women because he loved them. He was actively impregnating women to rip them off for money. Me being one of them. So why do we fall for it every time? My, my father told me at a young age, he, he, says, he says, Carl, the two easiest things to sell anybody, anything that'll improve their looks and anything that'll make them money. And that's what you want to sell. Pretend is a documentary podcast about people pretending to be someone else. I interview real con artists, snake oil salesmen, and former cult members anyone living a lie search for pretend wherever you get your podcasts
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.